Welcome to the Unexpected Wildcard Podcast. My name is Meg. I'm your host, and this is Season 1, Episode 4. Wow, it's been a whole month, you guys. Time flies, for sure. This week's episode is entitled, Imposter Syndrome, Friend or Foe? I really think it can be a friend. I tell people this all the time when they tell me that they have imposter syndrome and they're like, Meg, this is super bad. I have imposter syndrome and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, hey friend, that's amazing because imposter syndrome only pops up whenever you feel uncertain and when you feel unsure about something. So that tells me that you have stepped out of your comfort zone. So good for you. You should pat yourself on the back for that. It's not easy to get out of our comfort zone. Most people won't. Some people do. And people are always like those quotes of, you should just destroy your comfort zone. You should just blow up your comfort zone. Please don't do that. (laughs) Please don't actually blow up your comfort zone because our comfort zones serve a purpose. They're great spots for rest, renewal, healing, um, processing. They're great spots for that. They're not great spots for, you know, growing, evolving, and transforming. That's the growth zone. And that's where imposter syndrome starts to creep up because your comfort zone is so familiar and a growth zone isn't always familiar. And it can become familiar to you in certain areas, but then in other areas that you haven't been before, it's unfamiliar all over again. So honestly, if you start to shift your perspective and look at this as a friend and not a foe, then that just starts to shift of that mindset to know that this is a good thing, not a bad thing. It's inevitable. It's bound to happen. And it's a part of growing. And once you start to work with it instead of working against it, that's when huge, amazing, and beautiful things can happen. I have experienced this in my own life time and time again. I have learned to become besties with imposter syndrome. I'm not going to say she's not a little sneaky sometimes. First, it's hard for me to identify her a little bit, and we're going to talk in this episode about like what exactly is imposter syndrome. If you're listening to this point, and you're like, what the heck is this chick talking about? We'll define imposter syndrome, no worries, and then some characteristics of imposter syndrome so you can start to identify her, and then what the heck do we do about this so we can leverage imposter syndrome to our advantage because, you know, if you talk to me, we're always trying to learn from things and then leverage them to our advantage. That way it is worthwhile. So let's dive right on into it. So Google defines this as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It also says that it disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their own accomplishments. Wow. Can I get anyone else to raise their hand on that one? It can be a little challenging when you're a high achiever to accept that you're doing a good job. It really can be. I want to validate that. And um, yeah, let's just take a second to sit with that. When was the last time you had a huge accomplishment and you just blew right on through it? didn't acknowledge it, didn't celebrate yourself, didn't even give yourself a little pat on the back. And you're just like, all right, on to the next. Like, whoop, there she goes. There he goes. There they go. They're off. 
They're off running to the next thing. Didn't stop. Not a blink. Not a wink. Not a nothing. And honestly, that is a great way to go through life feeling super unaccomplished and super unfulfilled because you never stop to acknowledge what wins you actually have, which is why I always encourage people, celebrate every small win, every single one. If you're struggling to get out of bed and brush your teeth and you do it, you better give yourself a freaking high five, a hug, a handshake, something. That's an accomplishment that day. If you sign a huge deal or a huge contract at work, you better celebrate that as well. Celebrate every single win. So, our our country isn't great at this. <laughs> our culture as a whole is not great at this. Our culture is very much about, like, just, for example, when you say that you have an event, well, how many people came? Or how much money did you make? Or how many followers did you have? How many views do you have? How many likes do you have? And then you're like, oh, I had like 50. And people are like, hmm, okay. You might want to work on that. And you're like, I have. (laughs) I've been working on getting 50 followers for like three months. And then they're like, oh, just like buy my program. And there's nothing wrong with programs. There's nothing wrong with, you know, growing and up-leveling and all those things. But do you see how that person just worked for three months to get 50 followers and you're literally like, "Mm, you're not good enough. Buy this program and get a million followers. And again, there's nothing wrong with getting bigger numbers. I'm just saying that is the attitude of the culture is like, you're not good enough. Buy this, do this, learn that. And then you might be good enough. But then by that point, the algorithm and everything else has changed so much, you're already behind. Which is why I say, celebrate that 50. You worked your booty off for that. And you know what? You'll grow in the time that you're able to. If you just worked three months to get 50 followers, and then you would automatically get a million, could you handle having those million followers, having only been able to balance 50? I know there's a big difference now of when I used to be able to balance working with two clients at a time with the amount of clients I work with at a time now. It has like way past quadrupled. (laughs) I don't even know what the number is in my head, but I'm just saying like that had to slowly build because I couldn't, I was not used to at that time and I probably couldn't have worked with the amount of people I work with now at once when I was only used to having two So I guess what I'm trying to say is don't be so hard on yourself and be proud of the work that you've put in so far. Everyone starts somewhere. I promise you, everyone starts somewhere. Did you guys know that Michael Jordan didn't make his high school basketball team? He didn't make his high school basketball team. He's Michael Jordan. (laughs) The difference is Michael Jordan didn't quit kept going. I bet you Michael Jordan had a little bit of imposter syndrome at times. Bet you he did. And what I'm saying is it's par for the course. Um, these are just some ways, number one, being that you can celebrate those wins so that we can help combat this imposter syndrome to a degree. Um, it's not going to totally get rid of it, probably. I'm going to be honest with you. But you know what does help imposter syndrome go away? 
familiarity. So the more you do and the more you practice, the more familiar you become with something, which then means that your brain will adapt to that and say, okay, um, so this is not totally normal yet, but we're getting used to it and it'll become more accepting of it. And then that imposter syndrome will slowly become like your comfort zone. And that's why, uh, you know, anytime you learn something, like when you first had to learn to drive, I mean, I was just terrified. (laughs) My dad was too. (laughs) My entire family was. It was a rough time for me. Um, I was not a quick learner on the driving front. And now I can drive. I don't. I drive legally, but I could drive one-handed. I could drive with my knees. And I do drive without thinking most of the time. And what did that come with? Practice. I remember at one point telling my dad, I'll never drive again when I was 16. I drive every day. (laughs) So the familiarity aspect truly does help. And that's through practice. Practice, practice, practice. Repetition, repetition, repetition. I'm at the point now in my work that it has become so repetitive in some ways that imposter syndrome doesn't creep in as much. And that tells me that there's room for me to grow. There's room for me to grow. And that's a really, really good thing. So let's look at the four P's because they came out with four P's for imposter syndrome. And number one is when you slip into perfectionism. If you're about to try something new and you get into that, no, it has to be this way. It has to be exactly this way. I can't adapt it. I can't change it. It has to be exactly this way or I can't do it. That's a sign of imposter syndrome, friend. It's okay. We've all been there. But when you literally won't try because it has to be perfect, and we all know that perfect doesn't exist, it is an unachievable standard. Um, Unless you're taking a standardized test, and then technically, yes, you could get 100. But in life, it's not a standardized test. So you tell me what perfect is. Everyone has a different definition. It's unachievable. You know what is achievable? Excellence. And excellence is also trackable. So that's cool. You could work towards excellence. That's what I do as a recovered perfectionist. But even if you're not a perfectionist or a recovered perfectionist, every time that perfectionism slides in and says, you have to do this perfectly, it's a sign of imposter syndrome, my friend. Next P, number two, is paralysis. That's super fun. These are going to be super fun. Have you ever gone to start something new? And you just freeze. You're like, actually, never mind. No, thank you. A really extreme example of this is if you ever hear of someone who is going to skydive for the first time, they're like all hyped up. And then they're standing at the edge of that plane. And they're like, absolutely not. And they have to like push through that paralysis to jump out of a plane. I mean, that's a super extreme example, but... I think it's one that we can all relate to and that sometimes it feels like we're about to jump out of a plane, but the thing is, we're not. You know, maybe we're going to do something that we have always wanted to do. You know, maybe we're going to travel somewhere new or maybe we're going to start that blog. Maybe we're going to write that cookbook. Maybe we're going to start that business. Maybe we're going to tell our boss that it's time for a raise. Maybe we're going to launch our own podcast and we put it off for about, mm, I don't know, 
10 months longer than we tried to or anticipated to because we got a little bit of paralysis. That's an unexpected wild card for you. (laughs) And then when people would ask you, hey, Meg, when's the podcast coming out? Soon, friend. Um, Flash forward to now, May of 2023, when it launched, they were a bit shocked that it actually happened, but we pushed through that paralysis <laughs> very slowly, but we did it, and here we are in episode four, woohoo, celebrating that small win, celebrating the one month of the Unexpected Wildcard podcast. Please like, follow, share, please do. Need to get the word out, need to help our friends and our besties to face their imposter syndrome and not make her an enemy and make her a friend. Welcome her into our space with a warm and calming and inviting hug. Pat her on the head, look her in the eyes and say, I'm on to you and you don't have any power over me because I'm going to make you work for me because I'm the boss of my life. And then we can have a snack together. What's your favorite snack? See, but you have to work up to that. I'm not recommending that you do that like right out of the gate. And you might be like, Meg, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) Do I sometimes address my imposter syndrome? Absolutely. I once heard someone, uh, (laughs) it was a personal development person. I don't know if it was Tony Robbins or Mel Robbins or a Robin, the bird maybe, just kidding. Um, Someone was talking about how they gave their imposter syndrome a funny name. And every time it would say something mean to them, they just respond <laughs> to it with the weird name and be like, okay, Timmy Tom. <laughs> I don't know why I chose that name. That's such a weird name. <laughs> and they'd be like, okay, Timmy Tom, that's enough of that. <laughs> too much. It's too much, TT. <laughs> Pipe down, TT. <laughs> We don't we didn't ask you, Timmy Tom. We didn't ask you. And for any of the men listening, if your name is Tim or Tom, sending you lots of love and acceptance. And hopefully you can forgive me for my jokes. But you get the point. Um so paralysis. Yeah, how do we combat ter- paralysis? Um you're going to take some deep cleansing breaths. You're going to remind yourself who the flip you are. And you're going to look it in the face and you're going to take one step. So I'm asking, friend, just one step. It can be a tiny step. It can be a very, 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 very small step. Step one for me to push through the paralysis was naming the podcast last year. Yep. Yepers. Yep. You betcha. I have a note in my phone app. I have an app in my... (laughs) Can you guys tell that I am recording this so late and trying to get it done by midnight? Because I was a bit under the weather over the weekend. And then I was busy all day today and I said I would post this on Monday. Let me try it again. I have a note in my notes app in this phone from last year entitled Podcast Ideas. And do you know what one of the things in that note is? It's a name for the podcast. And you know what the name was? The Unexpected Wildcard Podcast. That was step one. Then like a week later, I actually created the graphic, even showed it to a friend who loved it. Um, 
And then it took me like four or five more months <laughs> to launch the podcast because I was like, oh, I need equipment and I need all these things for it to be perfect. So we just circle back to perfectionism. And I don't think the four Ps have to be in any t- particular order, just like the cycle of grief isn't in any particular order. Um, but we circled back to, oh, well, I have to like have all the equipment and have all the things and blah, blah, blah. And then I got this app and it has everything. And it's the podcasters app for Spotify. Shout out to Spotify. And if you just heard a weird noise in the background, it is my water heating up and my water cooler thing. You should drink water if you haven't today. You're basically a really cute houseplant. You need lots of sun and water. Stay hydrated, my friends, with H2O. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, it was like, wow, this has everything. I don't even need a special microphone or anything. I don't even need to buy intro music. Like, it's literally all in this little app that Spotify, the uh, probably billion dollar corporation, someone Google that for me not billion dollar, multi-million dollar corporation created for people like me to just pick up their phone and become a flippin' podcaster. And I waited five months in paralysis to discover this truth, but now it is my truth. And it did, uh, it did set me free. <laughs> so anywho, that P was a rough one. On to the next P. Number three is people-pleasing. You might have imposter syndrome or be more susceptible to it if you are a people-pleaser. What is a people-pleaser, you may ask? Oh, dear sweet soul, if you are unaware of what it is, bless you. Truly, because uh, it's a super, super interesting thing to experience. Um, People-pleasers are the people who literally please others at the expense of their own mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. Because, hey, as long as everybody else is happy, who gives a freak if I die inside? Right? At least that's how I used to think. Um, Until I almost did really die inside. And then my insides were like, hey, we're not going to die. So we're going to fight back right now. And then all the people that were used to me pleasing them were like, why are you so angry? Why are you lashing out all the time? Um, it was a super fun and enlightening experience. Um, I hope that you don't have to experience it, but also, hey, if it's a part of your process, good for you. Um, how does this cohabitate, so to speak, with imposter syndrome? Well, if you're so busy and concerned with making everyone else happy, then you might not share your victories. You might have like a false humility about you where like people are like, oh, how's your business going? And you're like, oh, (laughs) my little business, my little hobby, my little side gig. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. How's that sweater you knit your cat last week? You know, like those people who just like brush it down. They're like, oh, I saw your article in the newspaper. They're like, oh, everybody has an article in the newspaper. Do they? I don't think everybody has an article in the newspaper. Just saying. So like if you're more concerned about making everyone else happy and what they think, oh, the what they think, that's such a huge thing. With every move you're about to make, 
you think about what everybody else is going to think of it. <laughs> you want to talk about paralysis? You want to talk about perfectionism? All wrapped up with people pleasing? Yeah. It's not a good look. We're not judging it. We're observing it, but it's not a good look. And if you want to follow your dreams, if you want to do big things in your life, if you want to be a change change maker, if you want to be a pioneer, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be an artist, if you want to be a creative, you're going to have to let go of that people pleasing because there's always going to be that one person who looks at the actual Mona Lisa and says, that's trash. And please forgive me for saying that because I think the Mona Lisa is gorgeous. I don't think she's trash, but I was saying there's always going to be that one person. There's always going to be that one person who gets a dinner made for them by a five-star chef in one of the most beautiful spots in the world and they're like eh could have had a little more salt and there was a salt uh shaker sitting on the table you know what i mean friends you know what i mean not judging them i would like to insert at this point that how people treat others is a reflection of what is going on inside of themselves so if a person with a salt shaker Yeah, shake what your mama gave you or don't, but also you don't have to criticize everyone else. Maybe who you're truly criticizing is yourself. An acknowledgement is the first step, my friend. We believe in you. Go inward. You can do this. Keep going. Anywho, people pleasing. You're going to have to let it go. You're going to have to take a deep, hard look at yourself and be like, what do I want? What are my goals? What would make me happy? That sounds selfish, Meg. Yeah, sometimes you do have to be a little selfish, friend, to heal so you don't die inside. Remember me? My inside's screaming. Uh, You don't have to let it go to that point. If you meet your own basic needs on the hierarchy of needs, that's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're unfamiliar with it, you can Google it. There are lots of images. If you don't meet your basic ones... Your insides are going to be screaming. Truly, they will. And uh, again, it doesn't have to get to that extreme of a point. But if you can take time to sit with yourself and get clear on what it is you want, because this is your life. And all of those people that you're so busy, worried about, like, pleasing... They're out there living their lives. They're making decisions. They got up today. They chose their outfit. That lady that I told you about, she picked out what color yarn to knit her cat's sweater. And it was a lovely cat sweater. Um, They chose what they had for lunch today. They chose what they were going to watch on the television this evening. Or what book they were going to read. Or if they were going to water their flowers. Or if they were going to take a nap. They chose all those things. And they weren't thinking like, oh, I wonder if Meg would approve of me having teriyaki salmon for dinner. And a lime green color for Fester's cat sweater. I don't think they were thinking that. I don't think that they were probably thinking about me at all. So I need to ask myself, why am I thinking about what they are thinking about of me? And why do I need their approval? Here's a tool I give people that I work with. Ask yourself, the person that you want to please, do you want their life exactly as it is right now? Exactly. The answer is no. You've got to let that go, sister, brother, friend, fellow human being. You got to let it go. That's my suggestion to you with all of compassion. Let that shiz go. Let that shiz go. You don't need it. It's not helping you. It's not supporting you. It's weighing you down. You don't need it. Let it go. Just let it roll right down the river. 
Let it roll right down the pathway. Let it roll right out of your window. Please don't let her keep Pennsylvania beautiful or whatever state you're in. If you do want their life because you look up to them as a mentor, teacher, leader, whatever, then don't look for their approval. Look for their example. That's a huge twist. That's a huge plot twist. Let me say that again. If you do want their life, don't look for their approval. Look at their example. What can I learn from them? What can I replicate in my own life from their success? How can I take what they have shown me through their actions and adapt it to my own life? How can I leverage this? Not how can I make them approve of me? It's not their job to approve of you. It's your job to approve of you because you live with you every single day. And I say this to people all the time. You are the first person that you're with and you are the last person you're with when you leave. You are going to be the one person you cannot escape in your lifetime. If you have the most beautiful, fulfilled life, have a partner, a family, all the things, there's a chance that they will pass on to the other side before you. And then there will be you. There's a chance that you could go before them. And again, when you cross that, that threshold, so to speak, you go alone. Your loved ones don't go with you. So you need to first approve of you. And then you need to live, my friend. I'm asking you to please live your life. It is a gift. It is a gift that many are having taken from them right now. They didn't think it was their time. None of us know when our time is. The time came calling. Please don't be left with regrets. Or if you are left with regrets, may they be few and may your blessings be many. I'm not trying to make this heavy, but people pleasing seriously can just destroy lives. And as a recovered people pleaser, I'm telling you, let it go now. Don't let it become a lifestyle. It is super hard to break out of. And if you are a people pleaser, I want you to know. You can break out of it. You're going to have to get a really strong relationship with yourself. And that's going to be rough, but you can do it. I believe in you. Keep going. Our fourth P is procrastination. Doing tomorrow what could be done today. Doing it in the next hour what could be done right now. Doing next week what could be done tomorrow. Doing next year what could be done this year. Hello, procrastination. You have destroyed more dreams, probably, than most things. Um, We do not need to make you an ally or a friend. We can just kick you to the door. Um, There are lots of methods for combating procrastination. Let me give you a few tools. First thing is, a lot of times I've observed when people procrastinate, and myself included, is when it just feels like too much. So for example, this podcast, I was like, wow, that's a lot. It's a lot. So what did I do? I broke it down into smaller chunks. That was great. Where did I kind of trip and fumble the ball spoke, so to speak? When I broke it down into smaller chunks, and then I just waited like five months to finish the final step. <laughs> that was the big procrastination on my part. 
I had a bit of imposter syndrome around this entire podcast, which I love. Like, I love this podcast, so I'm glad that she still made it into the world. Um, so break it down to smaller chunks. So, like, for example, we'll use the podcast. Pick the name that day. The next day, design the art. The next day, pick the platform. The next day, jot down some ideas for topics. The next day, invite some people as guests. And then set a launch date. Give yourself a little time, but then launch it on the day that you say you will. The best way to combat procrastination is to take action. Just take the action. Do it messy. Do it afraid. Done is better than perfect, my friend. We don't need the procrastination. We don't need the perfectionism. Done is better than perfect. That is literally what this episode's going to be. It is done is better than perfect because, again, I was under the weather this weekend. I was super busy today. This episode is probably not going to be an hour long, and it doesn't really need to be because imposter syndrome is pretty straightforward and pretty straight to the point. And... Just knowing that I pushed through the procrastination for whatever reason, because I was sick, because of all the things, like done is better than perfect. And this episode I know is going to support people because the tips in this episode have supported me with imposter syndrome. And I know that they're going to support you. So I would say if you're feeling procrastination, I get it. The way to combat that is to do something. (laughs) Excuse me, I just got a hiccup. Do anything. Again, just take one small step, not to be repetitive, but a lot of this is combated just by doing one simple thing, just by doing one small step. You don't have to do it all, but just do something. Just do something. And every time you do that, you are chiseling away at that rock of imposter syndrome and that rock of procrastination, and then you can celebrate that win like, hey, I picked a name today. Hey, I jotted down an idea today. Hey, 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 you can write a little song about it if you want to. There's this book, it's called The War of Art. And it's like a little bit rough because the guy in it, he's like a hard hitter. (laughs) But he's basically just like, just just do it. Not like copying Nike, but he's basically just like, just create. Stop making excuses. He like rents this little this little house and just like locks himself in it to like write his book and he just like doesn't exist outside of writing every day until it's done he literally just like leaves his home and locks himself away until it's done and he's basically like the war is in yourself the war is against your own imposter syndrome and your own belief system and like you need to kick its butt and he's so hardcore in the book um, not everybody would love his writing style, but I love the book. I think it's amazing. Um, again, that's called The War of Art. Um, but yeah, anytime we're trying to birth something, create something in the world, like there's going to be resistance. And that's what he calls like that internal battle within is like that internal resistance. That's what we're really fighting. We're not fighting all the outside people, all the things. It's like that inner resistance of imposter syndrome being like, you can't. And then you have to be like, well, watch me. Boom, just made a name. Boom, just did that. Boom, sitting here recording this podcast right now. And every time you do that, you are combating that imposter syndrome. And eventually, you'll know when you made that imposter syndrome your friend because it won't exist anymore. You'll be in your comfort zone. 
And you'll be like, oh, this is super easy. Why was I ever afraid to do this? And that's when you know that you made imposter syndrome your friend. So here are some final tips for you on overcoming imposter syndrome. Again, recognize your accomplishments. Celebrate those small wins. Challenge those negative thoughts. Like we said, Timmy Tom, we're looking at you. Your opinion's not valid here. Um, Seek support. You guys, so many people are going through this. And if you would talk to a few trusted friends, I bet you would find that they've experienced this or are experiencing this too. And you know the best way to just destroy guilt or shame, which there can be a lot of around imposter syndrome because it's a feeling of not being able to do it or not being worthy or not being accomplished, is you drag that stuff straight into the light. And you say, hey, friend, I'm really embarrassed to tell you this, but uh, this is what's going on with me. And then they're like, hey... I'm going through that too, or hey, I went through that last week, or oh yeah, I went through that when I was writing my thesis for school, or my podcast script, or my book, or my cookbook, or when I was designing my cat fashion show line, or whenever I was propagating my plants, or whatever you're doing. And then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, I'm not so alone, and I'm not so embarrassed. Seek support, seek seek your safe friends out drag that stuff into the light and just watch how amazing that is um also if you do feel like you need a little bit of more learning or knowledge or um education absolutely as long as we're living we should be learning that's what my pap always said i'm a lifelong learner but do not allow the learning to become like the imposter syndrome fuel and then it's always like just one more course just one more course, just one more this, just one more that, and then I can do it. Once that's done, then I can do it. Mm-mm. The way to combat imposter syndrome is you do while you learn. And you learn as you do. So you can take the course. And I'm taking a certification right now, and I'm still seeing clients as I'm taking the certification. Am I implementing the things in the certification yet? Not the things that I haven't passed the modules for, but I'm starting to practice and I'm learning by doing, and I just let people know like, hey, this is something I just learned. Do you care if I share it, knowing that it's pretty fresh? And do you just give a little disclaimer? But like, if you're just the person that's constantly, I've got to learn, I've got to learn, I've got to learn, and then you're never, ever doing, that's a sign of imposter syndrome, friend. You got to get out there. You got to move it. You got to shake it. You got to do it, babe. You just got to do it. Also, Um, you can help others support them that again, like what I just said, implementing it, supporting them and then get some feedback and be open to that feedback. And then also practice self-care. Make sure you're always taking care of your physical and mental and emotional well-being. Make sure you still engage in activities that bring you joy. Keep a balanced lifestyle. Make sure that you are feeling good. When you feel good about yourself, imposter syndrome is like less less likely to take a hold because of imposter syndrome like is like, hey, you're a stupid jerk. You can be like, no, I'm not, Timmy Tom. I'm a kind-hearted individual and I have good intentions towards everyone. You're stupid. No, I'm not. I'm just learning. Well, you can't do that. Yes, I can. I just have to try and apply myself. Do you see how like easily you can combat that when you feel good about yourself? I'm in a spot where I feel really good about myself. So when imposter syndrome creeps up, I can be like, oh my gosh, 
there's that guy again. Do you want uh, Cheez-Its this time or do you want gluten-free pretzels? Because you and I both know that this ends with a warm embrace of me telling you to be quiet and then you get the snack because we're friends now. So uh, yeah, that is the final list of chips for the imposter syndrome party. (laughs) And to answer the final question, imposter syndrome, friend or foe? It's whatever you choose. I choose friend. Because I would rather exert my energy to work with myself than fight against myself. I've learned that the hard way many, many times. (laughs) So now we exert our available energy and resources to supporting ourselves and working with ourselves instead of constantly draining our energy fighting ourselves. Because that is so unproductive in my perspective. And if you're there, I get it. I got it. I've been there. I did it. I don't do it anymore. You don't have to do it either. You could stop. You could choose today to not fight yourself anymore and to ask yourself, okay, what, can, what is this trying to show me? What is this trying to teach me? And how can I support myself through this? How can I give myself compassion through this? How can I gently lead myself through this? How can I give myself grace through this? How can I be there for myself through this? How can I let go of the expectations of others, the opinion of others, the weight of the perspectives of others, of wanting to please others through this? And you know what? When you sit down and you start asking your questions, self-questions, whoo, transformation starts to happen. Choo-choo. That was the transformation train. Did you hear her? She's coming up the tracks. As soon as you sit and you start asking yourself questions, my coach always said to me, Ask any question, get any answer. Ask the wrong question, get the wrong answer. Ask the right question, that's right, besties, that's right, friends, you get the right answers. And these are the right questions to get the right answers about imposter syndrome. So feel free to jot those down and ask yourself some of those questions in your journal time, in your quiet time. Maybe you light a lovely non-toxic candle with soy wax. Maybe you diffuse them essential oils. Maybe you light a stick of incense. Maybe you put on some calming musical frequencies or sound bowls or just instrumental music. And maybe you sit down and you do a journal flow and you just ask yourself these questions. And maybe as you ask yourself these questions, maybe you answer yourself. And then maybe as you answer yourself, you get a higher perspective for what you actually need to know because you drowned out all the noise. You tuned in And you learn something about yourself. And that is called doing the work. Doing the work is beautiful. And it's empowering. And I recommend it to everyone. And I'm sure at some point we'll do a whole episode on how we do the work. But for now, I'm going to leave you with that. And I'm going to go to bed because it's very late here on the East Coast. But I hope this episode supported you. I hope that you learned a little bit about imposter syndrome. I hope that you now choose to make imposter syndrome a friend so that they go live in your comfort zone. And then when they come back, you do the whole dance again and you're leading that dance and you don't have to take any crap in that dance and you can have strong boundaries in that dance and you can like respond and not have to react to the mean things that imposter syndrome says to you in that dance and you can be like that's enough in that time for your gluten-free cracker and for you to sit down ma'am sir uh (laughs) anyways i hope that you enjoyed this um thank you so much for your time and for tuning in i really appreciate it again please like please share please help me get the word out please follow um i really do love this podcast and i'm so grateful to have this outlet and just be able to share the things that have helped support me on my unexpected wild card journey 
Um, I believe in you. You should believe in you too. Keep going. Lots of love and talk to you guys, I guess, on Friday. Just in a few days. It's like a bonus week for you guys. Okay, take care. Bye.